oneness and unity mixing together with all of our beauty in individuality and in community. It's what we're singing about, it's what we are doing, it is who we are here in this congregation. Sharing our gifts, creating beauty made up of distinct individual flowers that come together to make a beautiful bouquet. Welcoming differences and seeing the complexity and beauty of harmony. Our flower communion ceremony was inspired by a Unitarian who stood for freedom and love and hope, who gathered up flowers of resistance. This morning I want to tell you about another Unitarian from our history, a story that was told and put down on paper first by Lois Eklund. It was a story that took place in some of the same time period of Norbert Chapek's, but it's a story about a Unitarian Universalist that I think few of us know. I didn't know it before this week. It was about 100 years ago now when Errol Collymore arrived in the United States at the age of 19. It was 1912 when he got here, and Errol Collymore was a black man who had grown up in Barbados, and when he arrived here in the United States, he found that things were very difficult here, to put it lightly, for people with black and brown skin. He found out that black people weren't allowed to swim at the public swimming pool or use the YMCA except for a couple of hours each week. There weren't any black policemen or firemen, it was hard to find work or to go to school. Errold had to struggle very hard to fulfill his dream, his dream of putting himself through school and becoming a dentist. But he finally made it, and he started a dental practice in 1923 in White Plains, New York. In his first few weeks of being a dentist, he found that life was not going to be so simple. He found a small apartment to rent, now, a white person would have been charged $30 a month for this apartment, but a black person was charged $80 a month. Black people were forced to live in the worst housing in town, he found, to pay higher rent than others and to supply their own heat. Now, Dr. Collymore spoke out about a lot of the unfair challenges that he and other people of color faced, but the thing that he thought would be most important would be to improve the housing situation. So he and his family decided to do something that people just wouldn't be able to ignore. They decided to move into an all-white neighborhood. And in his words, as he said, when they moved in, all hell broke loose. A huge seven-foot fiery cross was burned on their front lawn in the middle of the night. The local newspapers carried in big, bold type the headlines that declared there had been a black invasion of the Highlands, the name of the all-white neighborhood. In Dr. Collymore's words, he said, all sorts of pressure and threats were used to get me to get us out of the neighborhood, but I held on and we stayed put. In the days of the great confusion, he says, I laid topsoil all around my house and went about my business of planting lawns and flowers. So much so that a newspaper reporter who had been coming by said in a news item that he was up by my house and I didn't seem to be thinking of running away. He saw me up there planting flowers. Planting flowers. Flowers of resistance is how I think about it. In the days of the great confusion, as he called it, when people were saying and doing terrible things to Dr. Collymore and his family, he went about what he knew was his work, planting flowers. 
He tended to his heart and his home. He nurtured beauty in ugly times, and he put down roots to help him stand tall for what he believed in. And his Unitarian church stood with him, too. The people of the Unitarian Church of White Plains, New York, stood with Dr. Collymore and his family, seeing them for all of who they were, people of strength and courage who deserved human rights and dignity. Together, they reminded one another of who they were and of what really mattered. Flowers of resistance. That's how I like to think of it. From Dr. Norbert Chopek to Dr. Errol Collymore to our gathering today. This is one of the ways that we as Unitarian Universalists remember who we are and what really matters. We plant flowers of resistance. We grow our roots down deep so that we can stand tall when we need to. We bring beauty to ugly times. We stand together. It was just about a week ago that I went on a bus tour with Reverend John Cummins with our Minister Emeritus. Many of you were there too. It was a great trip. John had served our congregation for many years as minister, as most of us know, and he knows so much about Unitarian Universalism and about our city and history. It was an amazing morning full of stories and friendship and wisdom shared. We stopped first over at Lakewood Cemetery. Some of you, I know, have been there. It's so close by, a beautiful expanse of trees and flowers of history spanning back to the 1870s. We learned there from John that it was our church members who founded the cemetery, wanting to build and preserve a place that was open to all people. Along the way on our bus trip, we made many more stops, and while the details of the stories differed, I kept hearing the same theme every time. There was the story he told of our church welcoming in a group of Japanese-American Buddhists to gather when no other faith community would open their doors to them after World War II. There was the story of law enforcement officers coming to our doors, calling John on the phone, trying to get him to open up the church and send out the conscientious objector to war who had taken up sanctuary with us, and John holding firm. There was the story of a group of 10 people looking for a place to meet, 10 Jews in the midst of a city, in the midst of our city that was known at the time as a hotbed of anti-Semitism, a group that gathered first in our church and then went on to become a reform synagogue. When I heard him tell this particular story, I couldn't help make, but make the connection about the reform synagogue that is coming in here in this next year as Temple Israel comes in and brings their early childhood education center to be a tenant for a year with us as we open our doors. The theme of all of these stories was clear. Come in, I kept hearing. Come in, you are welcome here. We will see you for all of who you are. Come in, you are welcome here. It's what the people of our congregation have been saying in our community for the past 156 years. It's what we'll say again this September when summer begins to turn to fall and we welcome in families who are experiencing homelessness to stay in our church building. Come in. You are welcome here. We will see you for all of who you are. Come in. You are welcome here. Time after time, our church has opened its doors 
sharing the universalist message of love and hope, reminding us of who we are at our roots, a people of faith who say that the circle must be drawn wide and then wider still until no one is left out, people who are planting flowers of resistance, putting down our roots and bringing beauty to ugly times. Again and again, we have said, come in, you are welcome here. But there is something more we have said and that we need to continue to say too. Not only do we need to say, come in, you are welcome here, but we need to say as we have in the past, as we will continue to, we will come and stand with you where you are. We will come and stand with you and stand behind you when you ask us when we need to be there. This is part of who we are. 50 years ago when the call came to go to Selma to march for fair treatment and voting rights for people of color, our minister and our people went. We didn't all stay here. We went with John lying on the floor of a car so that he could get in and out of the city safely. 50 years ago and on through today, our larger Unitarian Universalist Association has remembered the martyrs of the civil rights movement publicly and privately, sending our love and our strength and our financial support quietly, month after month after month to their families, honoring their legacy, refusing to let the laws slip backwards toward injustice. I know that we have opened our doors, that we have said, come in, you are welcome here, we will see you for all of who you are. And I encourage us, and I know that we do and we will keep saying too, we will show up with you, with all who are not seen as fully human, as fully equal, we will show up with you. At the courthouse, in the streets, in the principal's office, in the corner of the playground where no one is watching, in the bastions of privilege and power when people are not being seen for all of who they are, when they are there asking for fair treatment, when they have been arrested, when a system of injustice hurts them and those they love, our faith demands that we show up and stand together, saying not only come in, you are welcome here, but we will come and stand with you, we will stand together, seeing you, seeing all of us, for all of who we are, until the worth and dignity of every person is reflected in the laws of our land and the practices of our people. This is who we are. This is where our roots anchor us. In a faith that plants flowers of resistance, ever drawing the circle wider, leaving no one out until everyone is seen in their individuality and complexity, until all can take a full place in the bouquet of humanity. As we prepare today to vote in our annual meeting on our Congregational Covenant of Right Relations and on our resolution in support of racial justice, let us remember who we have been, who we are, and who we are called to be. In a city and in a nation where we have all been lied to for hundreds of years, where we have been told again and again that people of color and native peoples are less than, are not worthy, are to be controlled and used by white people, let us take a stand. 
Let us plant our flowers of resistance, putting down our roots that we might stand for that which matters most. Let us say with all of our strength today that black lives matter, that native people and people of color are full human beings who deserve full human rights, and that we will stand together until all are treated with the fairness and dignity that they deserve. May the song of our choir sing in our hearts today, calling us toward peace and joy, toward cooperation and unity in our congregation. May we bless these flowers that are before us, symbols of our individuality and of the beauty we create when we come together. May they inspire us to continue to plant flowers of resistance in our community, in our hearts, and in our homes, that we might send our roots down deep to anchor us as we stand for that which matters most, as we might continue to be the people that bring beauty to ugly times. May it be so, and amen.